You're listening to The Light Weekly, the weekly podcast ministry of The Light KC. If you would like more information about our journey to reimagine church, visit us online at thelightkc.org. So what is it to be a Grinch? Christmas is a little over a week away. And how many of you have Grinches in your life? Don't say them out loud and please don't point to them. Maybe you brought them to church even this morning with you. But we're all familiar with the story of Mr. Grinch. And why we're doing this Christmas playlist is that we're taking popular songs from, you know, pop culture for years, right? Some of them are old, 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 and putting a meaning to them that hopefully the next time you hear them, you think a little differently about it. But we know that the Grinch... He hated Christmas, right? He hated singing and he hated the gifts and he just hated the jolly holliness of it all. He hated it so much that he developed a plan to steal Christmas. And he pretty much succeeds, right? I mean, he steals the gifts, the lights, the trees, and he sits back and waits for the sad little who's to wake up and discover Christmas is gone. Now we're going to come back to that in a little bit. I think there's a lot of people who think all sorts of things can steal Christmas. I remember the year of uh, 2020. Does anybody else remember that? It was really hard not to think that there was things that could steal Christmas. Viruses, the government's mandates, um, you name it. There was all sorts of things that were threatening how we normally celebrate Christmas. And and while those things aren't happening now, I think there's many things that we can think about that steal Christmas. In our mind, maybe we don't have the finances that we need to have the Christmas that we think is what's supposed to be, right? Or maybe the family's not all going to be here, and and so somehow it's going to steal Christmas. But can Christmas really be stolen from us? When you think about those Grinches in your life, do they really hate Christmas or is it something else? Is it what we've made Christmas and not the holiday itself, not the reason for the season? You see, the point today has to do with transformation. The Grinch have had one. If you've watched the movie or read the story, I've had one and maybe you have too. You see, Jesus Christ has given us opportunity to have transformed hearts, minds, and actions. The point of Christmas is transformation. Here's the thing. Confession is easy. Transformation is hard, right? It's easy to say sometimes, not always, but it's easy to say, you know, I know that I need to not eat as much. But transformation part is hard, actually not eating as much. It's much easier to gain weight than it is to lose weight, right? Unless somebody's got a trick for that. I mean, I'm just picking on that. It could be any number of things. But in, the, in this season, in thinking about our relationship with Jesus, in thinking about why he came, there has to be transformation in our life. Day in and day out, Jesus is who he says he is, He's our path home, if you remember from last week. And if he's our path home, then something has to change when we give our life to him. So we're going to look at our key scripture today found in the book of Luke, 
chapter 2. So if you have your smartphones or Bibles, however you access the Word of God, it'll also be on the screen. And we're going to look at a story that is pretty, I think, important to the Christmas story. Let's start with verse 22. And it says, Then it was time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, If a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and he had, and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your very own soul. This is such a powerful story. This This scripture highlights the trip of the family to the temple to present Jesus back to God and to give their sacrifice. As we just did today, we saw two families presenting their children back to God, dedicating them back to the Lord, knowing that these are gifts from his hand. Simeon was a faithful man in tune with the Holy Spirit. That means that every day he was relying on the Spirit to lead and guide him. Because he held on to the promise that he would not die until he had seen the Christ. And then being impressed by the Spirit, he went to the temple where Jesus was. Now, I always find this interesting. I always stop at this scripture because I think so many times we miss the prompting of the Holy Spirit and then we miss the Messiah. What if he had gotten up that morning and was like, hmm, I kind of feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to go to the temple today. Oh, but I'm really tired. I didn't sleep well. Man, Christmas is coming and I got, I got stuff to do. I, don't, I just think I'm going to miss it today. Can you imagine? But yet, how often do we have that same prompting of the Spirit and we go, yeah, I'm a little busy today. Maybe tomorrow. But he went. And because he went and he obeyed the Spirit, he was in tune with the Spirit. He was listening to the Spirit day in and day out, faithfully clinging to the promise of the Spirit of God in his life. He gets to hold in his hand King Jesus. He gets to hold in his hand the Messiah. And this peace of knowing that he had seen the salvation for all people, So he blessed Mary and Joseph, and he also issues a warning. I also read what he has to say, and I'm like, okay, is this an encouragement? Like, it's going to pierce my soul? Like, I don't know. Is this good news? Is this bad news? 
But Mary would hold all of this closely. He would reveal the true hearts of people. He's saying, get this, the Messiah, Jesus, reveals people. He reveals their true hearts. And Jesus had come into this world and humanity would never, ever be the same because Jesus came to transform the hearts of men and women. He did not come to conform humanity into some religious standard. He did not come to to take over um, political power, but he came to replace our heart of sin, of stone, found in Ezekiel 36, and it says, I will make a covenant of peace with them, an everlasting covenant. I will give them their land and increase their numbers, and I will put my temple among them forever. And then it goes on to say he makes all people new in 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs in Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. That's the promise of Messiah, his transformational power. And Simeon knew it on that day in the temple when he was just a baby and he was being dedicated back to God. Many people will miss the point even today. That when Jesus lived on earth, he was not here to gain government control or even to be in a great place of leadership. He was here to make a way for God and humanity to no longer be at war, but to be reconciled back to each other, to have a transformation that was so unbelievable that you just couldn't even wrap your mind around it. While nations will continue to rise and fall, Jesus will continue to transform the hearts of people who are willing and able to surrender to that, to him. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. It's about winning hearts of people for Jesus so that they can have this transformational moment, life. Sometimes transformation happens instantly and sometimes it happens over a period of time And as believers, it's easy for what we like to call sometimes mission drift, a subtle drifting away from an organization's core purpose. In other words, to drift, we often imagine a boat untethered, freely moving in whatever direction the wind and waves carry it, right? It can get off course because there's no longer a path in which it's going because we just get comfortable Perhaps the boat will move out into the open sea. Maybe it'll crash into the shoreline. Mission drift as a life of believers often looks like we're preoccupied with a lot of different things around us. Political power, financial security, fulfilling what society tells us we have to have for expectations of family life, of Christmas, of what our jobs should look like, of what, how we should dress and how we should look. And we can become adrift from what we're called to because we've lost our purpose, our anchor. Perhaps some of you could say, yeah, I know what it means to be mission drift. I've been there. I've experienced it. And this was so evident before 2020. But let me just tell you, after 2020, the church was exposed. And I think we're still trying to figure out three years later what it looks like to get back to even some of what we had pre-2020, right? The church still is figuring out what is mission and how do we accomplish it in today's world, in today's culture, with everything that's going on. 
However, the mission of Christ has never changed. Encountering Jesus as your Savior means that our hearts are revealed. Our desperate need for salvation becomes obvious. And through the atoning work, and only through the atoning work of Christ, God is able to change us inwardly in our hearts, our minds, and outwardly as we express this change through our actions. What does it mean for you to be transformed by Jesus? You see, I I tend to think that the Grinch really didn't hate Christmas. The Grinch had allowed his deep hurt and loneliness to guide his actions. He wanted desperately to be loved and accepted in a world that seemed to be one size fits all, unless you were different, which he was. You see, as I read the story and I watch the movie of the Grinch as someone who wanted to find his people and find his place and find his purpose, and while he had been looking for it in the muck of his life, he spent a lot of time reviewing the muck of his life. There was one thing that was about to change for him, and it just took one person. One person to say to him, hey, you know what? Maybe this is all wrong. Maybe Christmas isn't about the gifts and the lights and the parties and the trees. Maybe it's something more. The Who's in Whoville woke up to everything gone, didn't they? But suddenly they realized that Christmas wasn't about any of that. And the Grinch's heart was about to be transformed. His heart was changed. Do you have a transformation story? Is it possible that that we look around at the muck of our life and miss what is really happening? Is it possible that we are the who's in Whosville and have made Jesus about something when people are looking for something else because they, they feel like maybe Jesus is a one size fits all? And this Christmas, if we could just see that maybe it's not about what we've made it, but it's really just about Jesus and what he can do in us, would people find their place and their home in him? God is the source of our freedom and our growth. The focus when we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ should not be one of competition, but one of encouragement and support and discipleship. When people, when we see other people, it shouldn't be, let me see if your sin is worse than my sin or see if you're better than I am. But one of, hey, we are on this journey together. Satan will do his best to tear us apart. It is our job as a church, the body of Christ, in building one another up and encouraging one another that we're not alone in this race, that we have our hearts transformed and see as many people as possible be transformed. We can learn from one another as we seek the same goal, growing closer to Jesus with each step that we take. But far too often what we do is we throw people away far too quickly. We see people struggling and we think, whew, glad that's not me. But I saw this clip and I think it illustrates so wonderfully what it means to be part of the body of Christ. Watch this. 
Are you willing to sacrifice your time to help? Are you willing to pick somebody else up and carry them across the finish line? Or would you rather ignore it and walk on by? Or would you rather make sure somebody knows how terrible, look at them, they couldn't do it. There are people who are dying to finish the race, but they need someone who's gonna pick them up and run with them or for them. We don't have to run this race alone. There will be times when we want to give up. But Jesus Christ has given us the opportunity to have transformed hearts, minds, and actions. I want to leave you with a couple of things as you prepare to celebrate Christmas in the next week. The first is you're not alone. And I know that there are people in this room, online, who feel alone that you are trying your best to finish the race. And it feels like everybody's just running full speed ahead. But you're not alone. And you are loved. I, I don't know, if you don't remember anything else I ever have said to you, God did not send his only son to die on a cross for you because he was angry at you. He sent his only son to die on a cross because he loved you. He loved you. He knew that you wouldn't get it right all the time. He knew that you would need transformation. He knew that your life would be messy. And yet he still sent his son. And the other thing I would remind you is transformation takes time. Be patient with yourself. Sometimes we want instant gratification. We want all of the things that we struggle with to be over and done immediately. And sometimes they are, thank God. But other times it just takes a little more process. And maybe you go, yeah, I know I'm not alone. I know I'm loved and I have been transformed. I, I, I've got it all figured out. Then help somebody else. Help somebody else. You, you are running the race, but there are people all around you who need help. Be the help they need. Not the knife in their back not the one spreading their story, not the one doing you name, you name it, but the one helping them out and loving them. Because last I checked, none of us are perfect and we all will have moments where we need the help. We, we will need that person to come up beside us and love on us and pray for us and hold us, carry us. You have the responsibility as a Christ follower to have a transformed heart and to share that with someone else. This Christmas, we all know some Grinches. Maybe you are the Grinch. But Christmas isn't about how many presents are gonna be under the tree. 
It's not going to be about if you have the perfect Christmas tree. It's, it's not going to be about who's at your table. It's going to be about that relationship with Jesus. And that is my prayer for you. Don't let the Grinch steal your Christmas, but let Jesus transform your heart. As we do every week, we, we have a light bulb moment for you to really listen to what the Spirit is saying to you in these moments. What is it that God is speaking to you that you can respond to? And we're just going to give you these couple of moments to respond to Him alone in your seat. What is it that God wants you to respond to today? Would you stand with me this morning? As we do each week, we open up the front for you to bring your burdens, your request. This is just a safe place to come and, and be before the Father, to pray that we'd be people of prayer. As we seek God in all things in this season of what he's going to do and what he will do. If you would like to come, you're welcome to come as we pray. Father God, as we bow before you today, we're so grateful that you are a God who transforms our hearts, that you love us, that you pursue us, that you continually call our name. And Lord, I, I just know that there's so many people who are in the race, who are tired and they're limping and, and maybe they're crawling just trying to make it to the finish line and they are desperate to not feel alone. God, would you give us eyes to see that? Would you make us the most grace-filled people in the universe? Lord, that this, this transformational work for our community would start with us, that we would love people well. And Lord, we all know a few Grinches. And Lord, I pray that as we think about those people and maybe even confess it's us, that you would help us to see Christmas through the eyes of you, that it is about your transformational work. God, we continue to pray for the families who have lost loved ones over the last few, few weeks. We know that holidays are hard, those first holidays, and I just pray, God, that you will be their peace and their comfort. I pray, Lord, that you would guide and direct the church in the days ahead. 
you would give them wisdom and discernment. And God, I pray that your name would be glorified above all names. Lord, we love you and we worship you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to connect with us, please visit our website at thelightkc.org. More information is available in the show notes.